Hello, and thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench. This show has been created and designed by former judge Fred M. Mosley. Please stay connected as you will learn more about the laws of life, how it applies to your life, and so much more. Buckle in. May we bow. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mosley Spence. Today I am in here with Judge Mosley himself and Anita. It is said that if you are given to others for the express purpose of being seen by man, the law of reward says that you have absolutely no reward coming from your Father, which is in heaven. Likewise, anything that we're doing for self-recognition violates the law of reward. Whatever reward we would have coming, we would have forfeited. It based upon our actions. I'm going to hand the show over to you, Judge Mosley. Thank you very much, Alexis. The law of reward. Not the concept, not the precept, not even the principle, but it is an absolute. The law of reward is as absolute as any, uh, any of these other laws of life that we have, we have discussed over the last several weeks. It's as absolute as the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death, as well as the law of faith, as well as the law of resistance and non-resistance. is as absolute as the law of prayer, seasons, accountability, and responsibility, as absolute as the law of forgiveness, the laws of health, the law of exaltation and abasement, the law of words, the law of notice and warning, the law of captivity, deliverance, and restoration, even as absolute as the law of love and agreement and Vengeance. The law of reward is also an absolute divine rule that governs the consequences of our actions. A reward is defined as that which is given in return for good or for evil. It is a recompense or compensation, remuneration, or better still, it is just paid for something done. A rewarder is one that rewards. Most people today, including Christians, expect a reward for every good deed that we render. Not only do we expect a reward, but we expect the reward to be given openly from man, whereas the world will know that whereas the world will know what we have done. When we do a good deed, we want the acknowledgement of that deed. We want it proclaimed from the rooftop that we have done what we consider to be a good deed. We want a trophy. We want a plaque or a certificate. We want a letter of appreciation, maybe even a street Boulevard are a building named for us. 
when we give money to the church or to any other worthy cause, we want it displayed prominently in the bulletin or some other publication. We want to make certain that the proper amount is reflected because we want people to know what we have done. Further, we do not want secret rewards or a quiet thank you, but we want our rewards to be tendered before large assemblies at the banquet hall, at a man or woman of the year banquet. We want everybody to know what we have done. We want it, if possible, on television, on the Internet, on Facebook, all across all of the social media. Again, we want people to know that it was I or it was you that gave this gift or did this great deed. Let's look at a few quick examples. Oftentimes, we come across accounts such as this. An individual may see a broadcast of some poor person who has been evicted, and he or she goes out to the rescue, and the media covers the story, telling all of its viewers what a great humanitarian this person is, how much this person gave, what this person did, and that person gloats in his or her fame, if you will, of what they have done. The reward that comes to them is for everybody to know that they did this great deed. Let's look at another example that's somewhat prevalent. A star athlete gives to his favorite charity, and the story is covered all over news media. And that person who made on a annual salary may be generating millions of dollars, and that person gives a thousand dollars, a five thousand, maybe ten thousand dollars, perhaps even a hundred thousand dollars, which for that person is really a drop in the bucket based upon what that person earns on a yearly basis. But that person gets publicity that far exceeds the monetary amount that that individual has given but also the the individual has the benefit of all of his or her friends being aware of what he or she has done. So my question, based upon what we just shared, is whether or not this person has already received his or her reward. Alexis and Anita, maybe one of you have some comment to make at this point. Yes, I was wondering, um, sometimes a person will uh, uh, do something and get a, a recognition from it or a reward from it, but actually they didn't have any intention of getting the reward. So that would be, you know, do you understand what I mean? So you, you, did, you do it pure of heart, but then it turns into something else because other people make a big deal of it. Anita, you make a good point there, and it goes mm-hmm. to the heart of the person, and yeah. that person cannot control how somebody else deals with it. As long as that person knows in their heart that they gave it out of the goodness of their heart and they were not giving it for the person 
for the purpose of self-recognition. But I do perceive that there comes a point that if it gets too out of control by way of people blowing it up and puffing it up, I think then that person maybe has an obligation to simmer it down from the point of view of saying that this was done from the heart. It was not done for the purpose of self-recognition. And I was not the person who caused this publicity to come about in the first place. I do not want the attention to be on me and what I gave. I want the attention to be on the fact that it came from the heart of an individual and somebody benefited as a result of a hard gift. But I clearly agree with you. Sometimes that person who rendered the, uh, the gift, their heart was pure, and they did it out of good intention, and they wanted to remain anonymous, and they made no efforts for to be recognized. But somebody learned about it, and then they were the ones, ones who caused all the publicity surrounding it. And I would say in an instance such as that, that person has not lost their reward because they had a pure heart, and they did what they could to cause it not to be blown up and out of proportion based upon what the purpose of the, the gift of the gratuity was about. But you, that's a good observation. Now, if the person does do it and put all the attention, then they're getting the reward on earth and they're, not in heaven. So that would be yes, the opposite. And that's the key right there is that they are getting their reward. They're getting it. They've already gotten their reward on earth. And they have no reward coming from our Father, which is in heaven. And just allow me to read a few verses from chapter 6 of the, of the book of St. Matthew. Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father, which is in heaven. That's explicit enough. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet, before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward be openly. The scriptures couldn't be any more clear as it relates to the law of rewards. If I'm doing it, someone else is doing it for the purpose of self-recognition. That's that recognition in and of by itself, by and through man, is that person's reward, and they should not expect to receive anything from our Father, which is in heaven. The law of reward, it's an absolute. And so many believers are, are being stripped of rewards that would flow to them from Father God if they gave it sincerely and allowed it to go to and for the purpose it is intended without them doing, doing anything to cause themselves to be recognized. And they don't realize in many instances that they are losing whatever reward that they would uh, should have coming from our Father. Let's look at a few examples dealing with giving, even other than the ones we just mentioned. Suppose, and this happens in some assemblies, that 
The pastor of one of the other officials asked all the tithers to stand up. Now, some tithers stand up in humility. I would suggest to you that some other tithers stand up in pride. Some other tithers, some tithers are looking around to make certain people seated in the congregation are able to see that they are a tither, that they are standing, and that they are receiving recognition as being a tither. Now, my question, is that practice in and of and by itself, and the person participating in that practice based upon them standing up for everyone to see them, receive the, uh, see them, give their tithes, whether or not they have already gotten their reward from the tithes that were given. Any thoughts? Alexis, Anita? Yes, I, um, I think they would have gotten the reward. Go ahead, Alexis. I would think that they would have also gotten their reward too because if you were going to do something out of pure intention, pure goodness, you don't need to be recognized for your deed. It's just you wanted to help somebody or you wanted to do something good. You don't need the recognition. You don't need the fame. You don't need somebody to know that you did it because for you, you did it to – you did it because you wanted to help and you did it for yourself and you chose to help somebody else out. So if somebody were to do something of good intentions and then later accepted the reward for it, they definitely wouldn't get rewarded from our father in heaven because doesn't that break the law of reward? If you got recognition and or sought recognition, well, this is so, and it does. Now, what about in some assemblies, and we're not endeavoring to anyways pick on various church assemblies, but we're just talking about some things that, that do occur that we need to examine. What about the names of tithers being in a bulletin and what other people may have given the amount, their names and the amounts given in a bulletin, or if not in a regular bulletin, maybe in a yearly report of some kind that's distributed through that particular assembly. How do you think that meshes with what we've been discussing, discussing concerning the law reward and whether or not that person has diminished the award that they would have coming from our Father, which is in heaven, for their name to be displayed in that bulletin, and especially if they had some say-so as to whether or not their name appeared in the bulletin with the amount that they had given that week or that month or for, for that period of time, whether it be up to a year or whatever it may be. Any thoughts on that? Well, with the church... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if you have control over having your name printed next to the amount that you donated, that I would say you are seeking recognition. Because if I were in a position to donate money and I had control over my name being out there, I would rather stay anonymous. So I could, like, 
reap in the rewards that Father in Heaven would have for my future. Because if I chose to print my name next to the donation, then I'm seeking recognition. Okay. Well, let's take I think the I think I think the church has some responsibility in that and, and they should they're not be, being very um understanding of the law of, of reward because they're kind of setting people up for it. Because um they know that if people get recognition they'll get more money. Absolutely. Now what about the giving envelopes? And putting your name on the given envelope, does that in and of and by itself suggest that you want recognition? That's a practice that takes place in many assemblies. They give you an envelope to put your check in or uh, write the credit card information on on the inside or half wherever it is. And um, so now you would have control on uh, as to whether or not you wrote your name on the front of that envelope and put the amount on the front of that envelope. But then again, there's another consideration. Some people just want to make certain, and not that you're suggesting or have any inhibitions that somebody may tamper with your envelope and your offering, but some people do have a concern in that regard, and they put their name on it and the amount just for the protection of making certain that at least is identified and doesn't come in as an anonymous offering a tithe. So does that make a difference? I think that I can understand the point of someone worrying that their donation might not make it to the intended and or such like that. But I have met several people who attend church on Sunday and they make it a point to go withdraw cash to put into the basket or into the envelope. They say they do it that way so the donation stays anonymous because if you write a check, even if you don't sign the envelope, your name is on the check. So for somebody who wants to give out of the goodness of their heart, if they want to be anonymous, you they would just give it in cash. Or if, for whatever reason, you choose to donate in a large amount, you don't need to put it in an envelope. You could just go to the clergy or go to the pastor or go to whoever is in charge of the donations and just slip your check in there that way and just walk away. There's no reason to sign an envelope. There's no reason to put the amount on the envelope. Why? Why would you do that? Because if somebody were to sign an envelope and put the amount in there, it automatically brings attention to that person. That basically brings attention to how much is in that envelope. What about accounting though for taxes and stuff? That I think they do they do, do take the the name and the amount off the envelope and then check it with a check. So it might have for some people it might have something to do with taxes rather than recognition. I mean, well, I'm you not sure. Brought up two very interesting points, and I want to go to the issue of taxes. Now let's look at it from this perspective. If I've given 
$1,000 over the course of the year. And I'm allowed to deduct a certain percentage of that from my income tax, or my income tax liability. And suppose I get the benefit of $500 from my taxes as a result of that the $1,000 that I gave, but as a result of the, the tax benefit that I can claim as a result of it. Now my question is, have I given have I still given $1,000 or have I only given $500? Because I got credit on my tax return for half of that $1,000 gift for the course of the year. What do you ladies say? Before um, we answer, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, very good. Today you are listening to former judge Fred M. Mosley as he talks about and educates us about one of his laws of life. To find out about all 50 laws of life, please go to anotherchancemedia.org and pre-order his book and workbook. And we are back on Mosley Bench. And, Judge, we have 23 minutes left. Um, I would like to answer that question. Um, if somebody were to donate a thousand dollars, and Anita did bring up a good point that taxes might have something to do with it. If the income tax allows you to claim it for five hundred dollars, I would say that if you quietly donated that one thousand dollars and you did not sign the envelope, nor did you make a big deal about donating it or make it a point to bring attention to your donation, maybe by being able to claim on your taxes and get that $500 back is the Lord's way of rewarding you. Okay. So then is that a reward on, that a reward on earth though then? Hmm. So Anita, how do you respond to that? Well, I'm, I'm thinking, well, that might be an earthly reward, but I think in the end it matters what is what is in your heart when you gave it. So it matters what, as to what was in your heart when you gave it. And now yeah. you ladies of the impression that you diminish your reward from your heavenly father because you took that deduction. And for the, rather than it being a $1,000 uh, gift, it came to be a 500 Dollar gift because you had already gotten a reward from man because that tax return and the benefits from it is a reward from man. So I assume that you ladies are saying that the mere fact that you receive that reward from man of $500 does not preclude you from still receiving a reward from your father, which is in heaven, if you gave it with the right intent of the heart. Did I understand yeah. correctly? Yes, I believe so. Now, what do you say? Well, I think the question we have to ask ourselves, we know the enemy comes but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. And some would say that God pays much better by way of reward than man. And some, I would presume, would say that I'd rather get the full reward of what I gave from my Heavenly Father and not diminish it 
by way of taking anything, a fraction from it at all, for the benefit of man's law as it relates to being able to take a deduction. In other words, I, I guess I'm rambling a little bit, is that some people take the position that if I give $1,000 to the, the things of the kingdom, that I'm not going to deduct anything from that because I want that full amount to go into kingdom business. And therefore, I am not going to take that deduction as it relates to that gift that I, that I gave, and I prefer whatever reward I have coming for that $1,000, I would rather it come from my Father, which is in heaven, as opposed to allowing half of it for me to be rewarded by a man's system and then the other half by a kingdom system. And you could carry around and take that other 500, that other 500 that you got back, you could give it to the church again. Well, yes, that's another way to resolve it. You give that $500 credit that you got, give it to the church, and that way you still have the 1000 intact, and the church also benefited therefrom. But, Judge Closely, <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes. So you say the law of reward, you're supposed to do good intentions, not receive the recognition for it here on earth, in order to get rewards from our Father in heaven. What about the youth who choose to volunteer so they can put it on their college application, i.e. students who are applying for college need volunteer work and or experiences to to differentiate them from other college application. So let's say if someone were to volunteer at a homeless shelter, but they added onto their college application and they got into the school that they applied, would that qualify as being rewarded here on earth? And would that exclude them from any rewards from our father? Well, Alexis, that's a very good question, and I would endeavor to answer that question from the point of view. All of these laws of life go to the heart of the person, what the intent of that person's heart was. Let's look at man's law just for a minute, and we don't at all endeavor to practice man's laws because that, put, that would put us in a different category because we're dealing with the things of God and we're relying upon the laws of God. But as it relates to man's laws in that regard, there's always every crime uh, that is committed. The issue is whether or not the intent of the person's heart. Now, have you heard it said uh, in a case that's going through man's court that we want to find out what is the motive? I'm sure both of you ladies have heard the term motive in cases that go into secular courts. And motive only goes to the heart of that person. What was the intent of that person's heart? Well, the same thing I perceive goes over to the spirit realm. In fact, I think this originated in the spirit realm and is just somewhat duplicated in the secular realm. So that student, if that student listing, and you ladies have already touched upon what I'm about to say, but if that student listed 
that that volunteer activity for the purpose of self-aggrandizement or for the purpose of getting some extra benefit, and that was that person's hard intent to do so, then I would suggest that that person may have already gotten their reward from our Father, which is in heaven. But at the heart of that person, if the intent of that person was that they were only fulfilling a requirement and they were not trying in any way, form, or fashion to secure favoritism and and reward, if you if, if we can say that, as it relates to that particular circumstance, then perhaps that person went into it with purity of heart and therefore has not diminished their their reward from their father, which is in heaven. But Alexis, that's a very, very close one, a very close question, and I commend the questions that you are asking as well as the questions and the observations that Anita is asking. And the reason I do so is because the kind of discussion that we're having, and fortunately those who are listening to what we're sharing today, it will cause them to more closely examine what they're doing, what they're doing, and the purpose for which they are doing it, and examine the intent of their hearts as they do it. I'm impressed with the questions, and hopefully we're responding to the questions. You may have a follow-up with respect to the question you just asked. Well, see, here's the thing. When I applied for schools in my younger days, I did no volunteer work. Like the volunteer work that I did do, I did not list. Because I had more than enough school activities to make me a standout candidate. However, however, I do know that applying to schools is getting more competitive each year. And I do know that your guidance counselors genuinely do encourage you to do anything you can or join any clubs that you can. So it will make your applications stand out. For example, if you were to apply to an Ivy League school, so the other 1,500,000, not 1,500, 1,500 applicants, they all have 4.0 or above GPAs. They all have excellent recommendation letters. They clearly want to get in. So it's encouraged that you should or I wouldn't say should. It is encouraged that you do anything you can to make yourself stand out. So if the intention was to volunteer with the homeless or volunteer at summer camp, the intention of your heart is good, but you lift it. Like, it makes me feel like I'm not going to get rewarded later by my father because I'm lifting it. Like, if my intention is to do it for good, but then here comes a situation where I need to make myself stand out. And in order to make myself stand out, I chose to list all these things that I did out of the goodness of my heart. My reward might might be to get accepted to that school. But if I got accepted to that school and I took it, what about later in life or later my reward for my father? It's like a seesaw for me because on one hand, I understand that 
like I did out of the goodness of my heart. But in on the other hand, a challenge faced me when I'm filling out this application and I chose to list all the volunteer work. Well, I think it's I think it's okay because we don't do everything for a reward. We're going to do things that we need to do to to take the next step. And we might not get a reward for it in heaven, but we need it to do what we need to do. But there's plenty of time for rewards with the Father, too. You understand what I'm saying? You know, there's something about the heart of a believer. And our heart will convict us. If we're, although something may be on its surface permissible, if it's something that for some reason we get a twitch in our heart when we see that aspect of that application or that portion of the application. And as we look at what we're required to do and when we look at what is expected of us to do, when we look at what is being suggested that we do in order to maybe gain some advantage with respect to that particular application in that school. It, it still, I perceive, goes back to the heart. And oftentimes, our heart will say for us that on the surface it may be okay. For many other individuals it may be okay. But our heart says to us that I perceive that I'm doing something here that disagrees with the intent of my heart. I do not want to diminish uh the reward from my father, which is in heaven, because I, I'm doing this because of, uh, of my concern for that particular charity or whatever it is, and it's not about what benefit that can flow to me as a result of it. Then we have to go to the law of faith. I perceive in that instance, as that person's heart has convicted them with respect to listing all of those charities that they have uh, volunteered for, that God will honor that person's faith in that particular situation and will either open a door for that particular school or maybe even a better school for that individual because that person allowed their heart to control that circumstance as opposed to any other consideration. So it's a very, very thin line, very thin line there, Alexis, and it depends upon what that person's heart is saying to them. Although we don't at all say to the other person who chose to list uh, what they have been doing by way of char- charitable work, but nevertheless, if that person's heart convicts them in that situation, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Well, let's look at some other areas dealing with giving of ourselves in the church. What about people who who sing well? They they have a gift. And their heart is that they want to be seen, although they have an excellent voice, a gifted voice, and uh, they bless the congregation. Do they lose their reward because of the intent of their heart every time they stand before the congregation to sing or any other group to sing? What do you say to that? Well, if you're really good, it's kind of hard not to be prideful. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it is because you do get a lot of attention for it. You do. No, I haven't. I haven't really been 
blessed with that. But anyhow, you do get a lot of attention for being a really good singer. My dad was a wonderful singer, and he, he did get a lot of attention. At the same time, I think he did it to also serve the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Alexis, any comments there? Um, I think that the Lord blessed the person with a gift. The gift happens to be the gift of singing. So if they choose to sing in front of the congregation, I wouldn't say that um, they are seeking a reward. They are just using their gift to entertain others and to show God that he or she loves God and wants to worship them. Suppose they really relish the accolades of man when they sing. They 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 relish the the applause and the, and the recognition. They they really look forward to people telling them how great uh, the, the, a singer they are and uh, how they look forward to hearing them sing. And they haven't heard anybody else with the kind of voice that they have. And that person somehow kind of puffs up in their heart when they're hearing these things. Does that make a difference? Actually, yes, that does make a difference because I was taught this as a child. No matter how good you are at something, even if you're a straight-A student, even if you think you're smart, there's always going to be somebody out there who's better than you. So if somebody were looking forward to getting the recognition and their ego is inflated and they enjoy that kind of attention, then yes, I would say they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Now, the scripture also in Matthew 6 talks about prayer. Have you been in settings where a person seemed to have been praying more to the audience than praying to Father God? And if so, has that person diminished or perhaps lost whatever reward they would have that would flow to them as a result of a, as a result of a, sin, a sincere, heartfelt prayer to the Father. Yeah, I think that does happen. So sometimes when people are very um, rehearsing doing prayer, that they might come across that way, but not be that way. Okay. Um, we have about five minutes left. Okay, let's go to some other areas then. Suppose I'm a good cook, and I really enjoy cooking. Now, I'm not. I'm a long way from being a good cook. I, can, I don't know if I can boil a hot dog. But suppose I'm a great cook, and people really look forward to meals that I prepare, and I stand back and I watch people enjoy my meals. I cannot wait for them to tell me how great it was, and they're looking forward to the next meal that I prepare. And it's just something that encourages me in that gift, special ability, or talent that I have as an excellent cook. What do you say to that with respect to rewards and whether or not that person just receiving those accolades, whether or not that person maybe has diminished the reward that they have coming from our Father? Well, doesn't it go to... Uh, well, doesn't it go to the intent of the person's heart? Because I happen to enjoy cooking, but I don't cook for my family 
are my friends with the intent of them worshiping my cooking. I'll cook because I genuinely enjoy it and I care enough to prepare this meal for them. Now, if somebody were to cook with the sole intent of reaping in rewards, then perhaps perhaps they have diminished it a little bit. Okay. So if I fix dinner for you and your wife, and I go to a lot of trouble, and you don't make over it, you probably won't get another one. <laughs> now, Nita, that, that's not a situation of pride and reward. That's just a, a situation of a, a sincere appreciation. You just want to appreciate the meal. They don't have to give you that real heavy accolades, but at least give you the impression they appreciate it. The, the time and the sweat and all it went into making that meal for them, that they appreciated your effort. Yeah, they better be smacking their lips. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have about three minutes left. Facebook. I think well, Facebook. I, I think we have really stirred the concerns of our listeners, of the really stirred the interest, I should say, of our listeners because the, most of it goes back to the heart. And this is what our Father looks at. What was the intent of our heart and whatever we did for somebody else? You know, there are some people who operate in very quiet pride. Now, we're not dealing with exaltation in a basement in this particular session, but we're dealing with the law of reward. And you see how these laws of life work very closely together, the law of reward, the law of exaltation and abasement. Many other laws come together, and they work in concert with one another. But the core of most of these laws of life is the heart, the intent of the heart of that person. And that's how God judges us, based upon the intent of our heart. And I'm hopeful that those who may be listening or those who will have the benefit of listening at some later time to this program, they will search their hearts. I recall a song growing up, search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior, and know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. That's what Father God, I perceive, is looking to. Uh, looking at as it relates to everything we do, our motives, why we are doing it. Are we doing it for the advancement of the kingdom? Are we doing it to bless some other individual? Are we doing it out of a heart of love? And we've touched upon the law of love. And if we're not doing it with a pure heart, and oftentimes there's false humility, that many display in settings such as this. And they endeavor to give the impression, oh, I do, I'm do. i doing this just because I love to do it for the people. I just have a heart to do this. I just enjoy seeing people uh, who have been, been blessed as a result of what I brought forward. And I don't look for anything in return because I'm doing it out of my heart. But God knows whether that person is really sincere or not whether or not that individual is operating in what I refer to be false humility, that they really want the accolades. What about social media? And we see so much that is taking place for people to puff themselves up 
and that goes to exaltation and abasement. We realize that. But it also goes to reward. If I'm putting my picture out there, every opportunity I get, and what interests me concerning social media is that that picture profile, I don't know, I'm probably not describing it properly, but some people change their profile picture almost every other day. How much change can happen to you in in a 24-hour period? Now, I know I'm meddling, and somebody who may be listening to this program may get very upset with Anita and Alexis. I hope they don't get me get after me as a result of what I just said. But these are the kinds of things that we have to look at. And this is what we're trying to do in the laws of life to make people examine themselves, examine their motives, examine the heart that they bring to a situation, and take inventory of themselves. Because we don't want to see any believers lose rewards that they should have flowing to them from our Father which is in heaven. So that's what we're about. That's what these laws of life entail, absolute divine rules that govern the consequences of our actions. Everything we do and say activates one or more laws of life, either in a positive or in a negative way. Well, listeners, I certainly hope you learned a lot today about the law of reward. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have here on Mosley Bench. Join us next time. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench with former Judge Fred M. Mosley. To get more information on Fred M. Mosley, Mosley's Bench, The Laws of Life, or the nonprofit organization Justice Ministries, please tune in to the website at lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministriesintl.com. Once again, that's lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministries, intl.com. Thank you.